Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Quest Life Podcast. I'm Dr. Ed Slover, and I'm fiercely passionate about life, love, leading, and learning with a little laughter sprinkled in. In today's episode, we're going to chat about the importance of how to find your no, as in the opposite of yes, and how finding your no will create more balance in your life and how that balance will contribute more positively to your overall health and well-being. So let's get started with a question. If you value contributing positively to the lives of others, how can you possibly do that if you're not at your best? Let me ask that differently. If you value contributing positively to the lives of others, how can you possibly do that if you aren't at least a better version of yourself? So we're going to answer those questions uh, during today's show. Let's start by talking about life in the 21st century. We are incredibly busy. We are incredibly distracted. We have so many things that are uh, demanding of our time. If you work full time, that's a 40, 50, maybe even a 60 hour a week deal. And we're tethered to work unlike we've ever been tethered to work before with smartphones or bringing our laptops home. Add on to that family obligations. Maybe you have kids, maybe uh, various ages, maybe you are the resident chauffeur, taxi driver, Uber driver. Um, You may or may not be married, so you've got uh, those obligations. You might have pets and you've got that. And then we have other social pressures, other societal expectations that we have to account for. And the reality is all of this Uh, in its totality, leads to increased stress, anxiety, and fatigue. And this is especially true if you happen to be a people pleaser, um, or maybe even someone that is highly ambitious, a high achievement-oriented person, where whenever you're requested to do something, it's really, really difficult to say no. It's incredibly difficult to say no. As a university professor, I speak with my students about Uh, about this dynamic, that whenever they get out into the workforce, finding their no is extremely important because at some point uh, they just are, are out of bandwidth. But them saying no is really, really challenging, um, especially because they want to impress. I mean, let's face it, when we do good work, and our supervisors or our, uh, our coworkers acknowledge that work and ask us to take on more, that's an incredible compliment. I mean, we don't talk about that as being a compliment, but it is. It's not unlike being offered a job. The first thing we typically do whenever we're offered a job is we smile because um, th- that invitation is a compliment. Uh, think about a time when you wanted to ask somebody out or you wanted um, them to ask you out. And when one or the other person did that, the first thing uh, you or they did in that moment was smile because it's an incredible compliment. And and, I mean, quite frankly, probably the the biggest compliment another human being can pay to to someone else is saying I do in front of um, in in front of their God, in front of uh, their family and friends as witnesses. I mean, it's an incredible compliment. So when you're at work, and you've you built a track record of high performance, and you're, again, your supervisor, your coworkers ask you to take on more. 
um, the inclination is to say yes. I mean, you want to be as indispensable as possible, right? You want to get noticed. You want to potentially get promoted uh, at some point. And you certainly don't want to risk alienating the person that's asking you. So we take on more and then we take on more. The irony to this dynamic is at some point, what you're fearing will absolutely occur. So let me unpack that a little bit. We don't say no whenever something's requested of us because we want to impress. We want to put our best foot forward. We don't want to risk alienating the person uh, that's asking us. We don't want to take the chance that they won't ask again. So we take on more and we take on more. And at some point we take on so much, our performance suffers. Now, everybody's different. Everybody has a different capacity level. Everyone has different bandwidth. Um, throughout my professional career, the uh, employees that I've uh, led and managed typically cap out um, at about 50 to 55 hours a week. Another way of saying that is their performance starts to decline after about 50 to 55 hours per week. Now, there's no hard and fast rule to that. That's just my observation of these individuals. And what's sort of interesting is for every hour after 50 to 55, they start recognizing themselves that due to stress or fatigue or whatever, they start recognizing for themselves that the quality of their work is starting to suffer, that the, their performance is starting to decline. And the knee-jerk reaction is, well, I need to work more. I need to work harder. And it, it ultimately makes no difference. I mean, with the it, after about 60 or maybe even 70 hours, performance and productivity productivity fall off a cliff. And it's just like, my gosh, something's got to give. And the answer is no. Uh, I was coaching a client a couple of days ago. And she was really struggling with, with this idea. Uh, she works two jobs, one of which is full-time. She's taking classes. She's in uh, in and out of a relationship. So there's, you know, that that weird dynamic going on there, on again, off again. Um, obligations with uh, with children, um, from sports to Girl Scouts. So you know, working uh, working all day, working in the evenings, taking classes, uh, chauffeuring um, kids around, and what it ultimately has led to is really, really inconsistent sleeping patterns, um, foregoing any and all physical activity, which we know the obvious benefits of that, um, eating, quite frankly, like garbage, um, and not taking time for herself. And it's the stress has mounted uh, up over time, and th things are being missed, um, you know, inconsistent grocery uh, trips, uh, not cleaning the not cleaning the house, certainly not cleaning certain parts of the house like the bathroom. And really high performer at work, really high performer at work and more and more is being requested from projects to events. And each time each of those requests comes, the compliment is felt. And sure enough, the answer seemingly is always yes. But clearly, 
there's a point of diminishing returns and, and that point of diminishing returns is different for each and every one of us. The thing we have to acknowledge though, is that we can't possibly be good for anybody else unless we're good for ourselves. We just can't. You, and if you advocate that perspective, some people might view you as selfish. And quite frankly, my, my perspective on that is let them. Because the reality is it's not selfish. It's, it's actually quite a rational perspective. So think about this. If you or I engage in various forms of self-care, and maybe that takes the form of, of, of quiet time or some other type of downtime, uh, physical activity, meditation, uh, hanging out with friends that don't add a ton of stress, taking a walk, getting some sunshine, quite literally smelling the roses. When we take time to focus on our physical, psychological, emotional, and spiritual well-being, we become a better version of ourselves. And by virtue of becoming a better version of ourselves, we're better for everyone else that comes into our life. Well, one of the ways to engage in proactive self-care is knowing our limits. I mean, we have to be honest with ourselves. We certainly have to be honest with others, but we have to be honest with ourselves and know how much we can take before we reach a point of diminishing returns. And saying no or finding your no allows you to regain control of your life. Right? Regaining control of your life allows you to find balance. Finding balance allows you to prioritize your life more effectively and it's not selfish. It's not selfish. It's actually a rationally self-interested perspective. Now, you may look at that and say, hey, you know, Ed, that, that's a bunch of wordplay, irrational self-interest versus selfishness. So that, that, that just doesn't, uh, doesn't jibe with me. Okay, so if you think it's wordplay, define for yourself what it means to be selfish. Isn't there, being selfish, isn't there some element that it has a negative effect, almost an intentional negative effect on someone else? When you choose to be verbally abusive, is that you being selfish? Because it's clearly hurtful to the other person. What about this? What if I engage in uh, pro pro proactive self-care? Let's say I, I take care of my, my physical self and I have more energy. I have less health care cost. I have less risk of significant um, you know, health issues. And I do that uh, in an uncompromising way where I say, you know what, on over the course of any given week, I'd like to be physically active four or five days during that week. But I know life gets in the way, my schedule gets hijacked, so I'm going to be uncompromising and I'm going to get two bouts of physical activity each and every week, no matter what. And because I understand the benefit of that, not only to me physically, but um, to other people that come into my life. And then I'm going to take some time to meditate or I'm going to take some time to read, some quiet time where I, because I, I want to promote emotional and spiritual health and well-being. And because I'm better for myself, I'm ultimately better for the people I let into my world and vice versa.
if you would do that for yourself. And so it becomes irrational if I end up engaging in any and all of those activities to the exclusion of those people that actually um, need me. Right? If I if I if I just eliminate every uh, every obligation that I have, I just abdicated responsibility to it, and in the pursuit of um, of my selfish pursuits, that's clearly a problem that has a negative effect on everybody else. That's not uh, that's not how we how I go about doing this. So what I'm able to do is I'm able to find my no and uh, in in a variety of different ways, and by doing so, I create balance. And by creating balance, I'm better for everyone else in the world because I'm first better for myself. And we, in those cases, we become better wives, better husbands, better supervisors, better employees, better moms, better dads, better friends. Uh, unfortunately, we've been conditioned societally or, you know, or otherwise, we've been conditioned for some strange reason that it's this weird badge of honor to go, 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 go all the time. And we, we have to become Superman or Superwoman, Supermom, Superdad, Superemployee, Superboss, Superfriend. And all of it's just backwards because it, we're running ourselves into the ground. We're not giving our, our best to really anything that we're uh, engaging in. I, had a, I have a coworker that now this was going back a couple of years. Um, so full-time employee, uh, he was also, you know, had a side business, a side business consultancy. And um, he, he has a relatively young family, wife and uh, a couple of young kids, and he values them tremendously. And there were a number of, of work-related contract projects that kept coming up, and he kept kept accepting them. And I, I saw him in the hallway, and uh, I asked him, like, so what's going on? You just you just look beat down. Yeah, and I have a good relationship, so you know, we can be uh, really forthcoming with one another. I'm like, you just look beat down, man. What's going on? And he's like, I'm just, I'm burnt out. I'm just completely fried. And I'm like, okay, so talk to me a little bit more about that. And he was describing, because I understand the work, the demands there, but he was describing all of this extra stuff. And I looked at him and I'm like, you know what? It really, it really seems like you need to find your no. And he's like, what do you mean by that? I'm like, okay, so take one of these contract projects. What's the minimum dollar amount per hour you're willing to work for? And he looked at me quizzically and he's like, I, I haven't really thought about it like that. I'm like, okay, can I asked if I could share you know, my, that perspective? And of course he said, yes. And I'm like, what we, what we all need to do is put a value on our time. Now, when it comes to work, one easy way of doing that is to quantify it. So um, I put a dollar value on, on my time. And if it, uh, drops below that dollar value, there better be some really impactful, you know, qualitative elements to this work that tap into my value system that actually ratchet it up. But in most cases, I'm not going to work for anything less than $100 an hour. I'm just not going to, I'm just not going to take that project on. 
because quantitatively it, it, it's not worth my time. So if it isn't at that amount or higher, saying no is relatively easy. And so I presented that to him and he's like, oh, that, that really kind of makes sense. And I'm like, okay, so that's, that, that's quantifying it as it relates to a work project or a contract project. I'm like, but what about qualitatively? What are those, what are those things that you value the most? And he's like, I value time with my family the most. I'm like, okay, so is it fair to say that each and every time you say yes to anything that's not related to your family, that's sacrificing time away from your family? And he's like, well, yes, of course. I'm like, okay, so the question you have to ask yourself, and you have to get honest with yourself. The question you have to ask yourself is what do you value more? Do you value spending time with your family more? Do you value, you know, getting the accolades, getting the attention, getting the recognition from other people because you said yes and took on all of these other things at the expense of spending time with your family? I mean, because if that's the case, what you're what you're essentially saying is my pursuit of being externally validated is greater than any intrinsic value I have in spending time with my family. And he's like, huh, I never I never really thought of it like that. I'm like, right. And here's another element to this. This is just kind of fascinating. I said, um, I asked him, I'm like, do you respect yourself? And he's like, well, yes, of course. I'm like, okay. So if you're treating yourself with dignity and respect, um, you would treat you like you treat everybody else. And I know you, you treat everybody really, really well. Um, and you would treat yourself that way which is to say if you are encouraging others to be physically psychologically emotionally or spiritually healthy why aren't you doing that for yourself how is it that that isn't a priority within the value system if i mean it's very much a do as i say not as i do sort of approach and you know it's largely hypocritical but i mean let's again be honest with ourselves we're all hypocrites the question is what, we're, is what we're hypocritical about. We're not all hypocritical about the same things, but we're all hypocrites on a variety of levels. And I don't mean to step on toes, and I certainly don't want to step on my own. But the reality is, is if, you are, if you're sacrificing the things that you value the most for something else, you have to evaluate that something, something else. And, and be honest and say, well, if I'm willing to sacrifice those things that I claim to value the most and for these other things, do I value these other things more? I mean, it really requires some reflection and, um, and some introspection. And so this is especially true with uh, people that uh, have you know, people-pleasing personalities where saying no is is just doesn't fit into their you know, you know into their worldview because they don't want to offend someone they don't want to step on someone's toes um they they want to continue to give and give and give and give and there's nothing wrong with giving but what happens when you give to the point where you don't have any energy left what happens when you give and give and give and you haven't gotten anything back in return um especially those those you know um, those recuperative things that allow you to, um, through proactive self-care, that allow you to enhance your physical, psychological, emotional, and spiritual well-being. 
I mean, those are rejuvenating. It's not, it's like sleep. Those things actually give us life. And it's through that energy and vibration that allow us to go into the world and do what we do with just an incredible amount of passion. And yet that's viewed as selfish. I don't think so. I don't think so. Um, so the question becomes, how do we go about saying no without being off-putting? How do we go about saying no without you know, being offensive, without risking alienating you know, the, the person who's requesting you know, this or that? Um, at work, uh, here, here's a nuanced way of saying no. You know, you've done really good work and you've been involved in new projects, but if you had to have one more thing put on your plate, you know, the, the, the house of cards, things just would get missed. And you're like, so, hey, I really appreciate the offer. Thank you for thinking of me. Um, right now, I'm, I'm spinning, you know, a dozen different plates and I just don't have the bandwidth to take on something else right now. Uh, would it be okay if I followed up with you in a week or 10 days to see where uh, both of our bo both of us are at in our respective projects? And if I'm able to get involved then, um, I certainly will be willing to. I mean, that's a way of saying no without saying no, even though you said no. Uh, and, and people get it. People understand that we're incredibly busy. It's probably why we were asked in the first place, even above and beyond the fact that we're doing a really good job. Um, we were being asked to be brought in for certainly fresh thoughts, ideas, and perspectives, but also probably to help lessen the workload of the other people that are involved in that project. And so saying no allows us to prioritize or reprioritize those big rocks uh, in our lives. And many of you have probably seen the YouTube video of, um, of a university pr professor who comes into his class one day. He's got this glass vase. He sits it on the table and he's got three or four big stones and he sets those on the table and he's got a bag of uh, marble size stones and he's got a bag of sand and a beer. And he was talking to his class about the about you know, prioritization, about planning, organizing, prioritizing your life, setting agendas, uh, and making sure that we get to the important stuff every day. And he made the point though that I thought was really interesting. He said, "You know, we we like accomplishing things. It gives us uh, gratification. And if you're the type of person that likes checking things off a list, you and I are the same. I do too." And it's a lot easier to check more stuff off of those lists when they're quick hitting or easier tasks. And so that was the reference to the bag of sand. And so he takes the bag of sand and he pours it in in the vase. And of course, the objective is to get all of it into the vase. And he pours the sand in the base and it sort of lays the foundation for that. And then he moves on to the marble sized uh, stones and you know, describes that uh, while those have a higher degree of difficulty, they're not overly, uh, overly difficult or time consuming. And he you know, pours uh, those uh, in there. And now he's left with those three or four big stones. And those, ironically, were those things that if we didn't get to anything else, these were the ones we should have gotten to. And so he tries to finagle those those stones into that vase and to get it all to fit. And they, they're sticking out of the top. And of course, we know the moral to this story. 
we know that the big rocks go in first. And, and just to repeat, if we get to nothing else, we're going to get to these things. Everything else is ancillary. Everything else is on the periphery. It doesn't mean they're unimportant. They're just not urgent. Well, we know how our schedules get hijacked. Our time gets, uh, gets stolen. And in many ways, it's self-inflicted because we haven't found our no. And we keep saying yes and yes and yes to these things. And it's not just the big things that keep piling up. It's, it's all of these little things. When we reduce one pile on our desk, you know, three others, um, three others start to mount. So you put the big rocks in the vase first, followed by the medium-sized rocks, followed by the sand. And wouldn't you know it, you have room uh, for the beer. It's a pretty powerful metaphor uh, if you think about it. So I just want to call this out. Uh, life eb ebbs and flows, and you know that. I know that. Um, we have external things that that, that uh, occur in our lives that we have to deal with that are incredibly stressful that we don't get the opportunity to say no to. I mean, we certainly didn't say yes to you know, most, if not all of them, but we don't get the opportunity to say no to. So the goal here isn't to be perfect. The goal here is to be better. The goal here is to say, you know what? I'm going to I'm going to acknowledge for myself that I need to take care of myself first because I can't be better for anybody else if I'm not first better for me. I want to be a better spouse. I want to be a better parent. I want to be a better employee. I want to be a better leader. But if I don't proactively take care of myself, I can't be the best version or at least a better version of any one of those things. So it's really something that you, we need to reconcile uh, for ourselves. Um, but the reality is finding your no allows you to live your life for you and not for anyone else all the while knowing that you have chosen certain obligations and you value those obligations. And so let's do them better. Let's fulfill them better, more effectively uh, through better uh, focus and through finding our no. So if you like what you heard today, please subscribe and uh, give the show a five-star rating. Oh, and even consider writing a review. I'd certainly appreciate it. If you'd like to get in touch with the show, please do so at questconsultingservice.com slash questslifepodcast. I'd love to hear from you. And as always, thank you for joining the conversation.